Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Uh, wel- welcoming everyone back because we have a continuing series with Philip Lawrence Sherrod. He is an artist, a painter, a poet, educator, composer. He's an athlete, and uh, he was an athlete, and you know now his uh, bulk of his time is, is is painting and creating, and he is the subject of a new documentary, and uh, you'll be able to see that, uh, in, you know, in the near future, and we're going to let you know where as we get a little closer. Frank McKay here. Welcome, Philip. How are you? Oh, uh, just fine, Frank. Just fine. When we last left off, we were talking about, you know, people. You, know, you you mentioned the blue meanies. It's almost like the the beetle, uh, the be- beetle phrase from the Yellow Submarine, right? Uh, but we we're talking about people destroying art. Uh, there are those mm-hmm. who create, and there are those who destroy. W- one of mm-hmm. the things I told my children. I have four children, and, and I and and one time one was offered to be a uh, you know basically a critic for a a midwestern newspaper, and I said, look, the easiest thing in the world to do is to be a critic. Do if you want to do that, do it. But uh, you know, first of all, print media is going out of business pretty soon. But uh, be somebody who creates something, uh, not somebody who critiques what others are making. And and I felt very strongly about that. And I didn't want my my children to be critics. I don't want them to sit back and just criticize what other people do. I want them to create. I want them to do things. Uh, your thought on that? I mean, it's the easiest thing in the world to criticize what others are doing. Well, now, I might uh, bring up the issue that I have a 42-year-old son, and, uh, and uh, he, I, my belief about continuum of effort, or should I say ambition, is that I don't think you can make anyone be what one wants uh, them to be. And I have to I have to say that because uh, I find out that maybe the family structure is uh, an arrangement to give everyone a different position of life itself, whether it be critic or whether it be poet or or painter or and you didn't mention that I'm a master teacher, but. I am, and I am because my belief is for the individual within a family all having different rights or gifts to espouse or to exercise or to do. So I I, I don't want to down you and your dream, mm-hmm. uh, but but I, I find it to be unrealistically and illogical uh, because uh, even in nature, like in a bird's nest, the biggest bird that usually hatches first from the egg tries to get all the food when the adult returns, whether it be a worm or flesh, uh, a rabbit uh, for an eagle or an eaglet. Uh, I, I think that uh, in the fight for life, uh, that's why my attitude politically is to not be political, but I but if evidently uh, 
people that need a hero or they need some sort of uh, ideal uh, displacement that we did. It, it's, it's like the university I went to, <clears throat> of Oklahoma State University, wants to take credit with her courses for me being an artist. Well, that's ridiculous. I was an artist before I ever even went to uh, higher learning uh, to find out that it was merely an exorcism uh, by the rights of 1, 2, 3, 4, 2, 10, uh, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and that they uh, were so short-sighted to believe that they were God itself and had created uh, people uh, and made them who, and you're supposed to say today, thank you, oh gracious education, thank you. Well, I went from education to the curb of the street to find the people because I saw a Dominican maybe nodding to a Jamaican uh, when I passed by, I faced the knives in the street. Uh, I once knocked a man out uh, when I was drunk on vodka because he put a knife to my throat from the backside. I spun him around and hit him, and his head hit the brick wall, and he was out like a light. But I'm saying that I want everyone to develop a moralistic uh, attitude to each other. Now, I want to get back to something about art versus life. Please do, but uh, let me just interrupt to remind folks, once again, Philip Lawrence Sherrod is who you're hearing, Frank McKay here, uh, with the soon-to-be subject of a new documentary. We'll let you know as we go on. Uh, Philip, continue. Uh, well, uh, I, I will go back to what I was trying to get across, and it's this idea, is that uh, I once wondered as a young man, uh, at about 16, 15, 16, 17, I once wondered, uh, is art really a truism of the need of the living? And how is it communicated? Uh, how can you put a couple of smears of color on a canvas or acrylic on a, a, a TV surface? How can you put a couple of smears and communicate anything because the people don't even know what uh, or the line of of uh, of educated one, two, three, four, five. They don't even know what color is versus values, which are black to white, uh, in gradation from black to white, and, and you end up with lots of neutral grays and so forth. So um, in a way, I had to prove it to myself that art was of value to anyone. So I question the reason why certain men in time had risen to the position of being, let's say, an artist, a poet, a painter, whatever the artistic endeavor. Then I found out after working for 62 years that I uh, 
that at 17 that some people seem to like my work. And I thought, well, it's because either they're, they're Spanish, they're hot-headed, they're hot-hearted, they love anything. Uh, and uh, through time, I've been amazed that evidently there is communication uh, to others. See, I think the world is in despair and has turned to the machines because they they uh, can't trust each other to tell them truths or a truth or many truths or the truth. That's interesting. I think the world has become a coward. And I challenge the people in the world to step up, take control of themselves, do what they want outside of harming anyone, uh, uh, killings out, uh, murder, all that stuff is out, rape is out, and treat each other the way they would like to be treated, unto others, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think the world would be fine then. Everybody will be happy, and uh, they'll either do the art or have the art or buy the art or whatever. Right, yeah, very interesting. Frank McKay here, once again, Philip Lawrence Sherrod, uh, in a series of these interviews. We're finding out more and more about the man, the artist, the composer, the master teacher, educator, um, painter, poet, and, and just about anything you could you could imagine this man has done. He uh, he talks about New York as his home, his former home. His, um, his original home was Oklahoma, and I remember... Uh, from earlier conversations with Philip, uh, that he was uh, he was given a book by his mother that uh, that uh, that had stories in it from from the past uh, historic Bible stories, and uh, there was a uh, there was a masterpiece uh, uh, art piece on each opposite page if I if I remember this correctly. And as a child, he used to uh, you know draw. Frank, uh, I had a grandmother. Yeah, that had three daughters and one son. She came from Dallas, Texas. I was born in Paul's Alley, Oklahoma. Uh, but she was canned via marriage from George Washington, which had also a certain degree of ambition uh, and set this country on uh, the supposed course it's on now. Uh, even without, even with change, but this idea is that um, that uh, none of the girls could keep up with my grandmother's drive, and she sewed about two hundred crazy quilts. They were called at that time, which were really uh, decorative uh, blankets, and she gave them out to her daughters. Uh, and they love them because it reminded them, them of their mother. Uh, and uh, I lost a blanket down in Brooklyn once because I left it in a washeteria, uh, and it wasn't quite dry, so I put in a couple of quarters to spin it a little hotter or longer. Now, the next thing is that I come back in about 25 minutes to 30 minutes, and the blanket is gone, wet or not, because it was so beautiful, somebody took it. So 
what I'm saying here is that there's a tradition in blood of myself, and my uh, grandmother married uh, the descendant from the uh, Provence of Lorraine, which was the uh, the French uh, evolution of the Duke that we come from on my mother's side. Yeah. So this idea is that uh, I used to sit across uh lived in an old uh, country mansion with uh with uh two four six eight columns in Bolsari, Oklahoma on uh, on Cherry Street and uh and I used to when I had to go to poopy or peepee I would sit on the toilet and look across at what? I would look across at right above the bath tub was Rembrandt's golden helmet, <clears throat> which represented, in a way, the Dutch ascending the order to success. And uh, then uh, there were pieces by the English, uh, Romani and um, Hogarth, and all, all sort of things that got into me, and she had an old, beautiful record player that would play 33, uh, 45, and uh, later. Yeah, and and I would go play the records. And the only thing that could be criticized today, which they're doing, which I'm against, is that all times have the right, meaning centuries, meaning... Uh, all centuries have the right to keep those that kept them alive and thinking, enjoying, or uh, amused or entertained. Hmm. But she had a record made by a couple of uh, dark-skinned lovers, meaning black Afros. Right. I think it was out of Chicago. And, uh, and they 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 were called the Black Crows. Yeah. I think that was the title of the record, meaning that the Black Order was already starting to demand the comedy in a way to the Black civilization or to the White civilization. It's right to be an individual in a society, and then when World War Two came along. And so many served and lost their lives, and then when they came home and without a leg, weren't even allowed to have another artificial uh, appendage, uh, I, I saw it as wrong, as morally wrong. And so all of these little hurts. Yeah. I mean, I've got a friend that, that works as uh, an artistic advisor on the Avenue of Americas today uh, named Walker. Well, Walker wants and does arrange an order among everything from uh, Guatemalans uh, to Bangladesh to uh, you name it, any place in Africa. He, he he made something like two and a half mil and then gave it away 
to really gave it away to the people that uh, needed uh, some belief in themselves. So again, it's back to the individual to write the score. Uh, I have only done what I had to do to speak to the world about my beliefs. But then again, how much of my poetry do you have to read to understand my non-political position of for uh, love is to be for all peoples? I mean, if love could be handed out, there wouldn't be hate. Right, right. If it was that easy, if we had a magic wand, uh, Philip Lawrence Sherrod, again, is our very special guest, and he's soon to be the subject of a new documentary. He's part of a radio series here, but his career is, uh, in, as an artist is uh, spanned 62 years, uh, not 50 as uh, some had mentioned, but 62 years, big difference. Um, again, uh, artist, composer, painter, poet, educator, master teacher, Philip Lawrence Sherrod is our guest. Frank McKay here. Binge listen to everything that we've been doing. And uh, Frank, I, Frank yes, can one you other me? thing Please. is that I want to say I've been eaten out of life by art itself. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting. I mean, I have art. no place. I have no place but a little trail from the refrigerator to the bed. <laughs> To the toilet, to the refrigerator, to the bed, to the toilet. <laughs> I've seen it, and it's, but it's an interesting way to word it, and uh, it, it's, yeah. But somehow you look comfortable in it. You look like you're in your element, and I, you know, and you, you do have. And again, I don't want to tell you secrets yet. I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, but you do have um, storage units with uh, with artwork in it. I mean, you you have. Is it over six thousand pieces or nine thousand pieces? What's well? Your... It's got to be up to six by now, I yeah. guess. I mean, I, I, I would assume. But um, tell us about your latest. See, you, you a see... good example, Frankie, Go is is meeting you. You are an total responsibility uh, of me to them. Uh, because other than that, uh, I mean, the individual is being snuffed out daily via system, uh, via project. They call it project and, and projects. Uh, they, they try to show uh, numbers. They try to show conventional political parties. And that has nothing to do with the talent that might be sitting next to you. In, in the Democrats or in the Republicans, the blue and red states and all that. Uh, I cannot believe how, in a way, dumb the world is to not demand a greater position of self. I mean, they give them selfies, uh, and now instead of self-portrait, uh, it has become selfies. I mean, uh, I, it's, it's, it's like... Uh, what should I say? Trifling <laughs> with the rifling. <laughs> and uh, the that's too abstract, I guess. Yeah. For the, the long gun lovers. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's just, and talking to you, uh, every once in a while, like, I'll try to predict what you're going to say. And, and then you, you kind of throw me for a loop almost every time you speak. That, that's creative. I mean, it's a very creative 
thought process you have and every and I think I have a better handle on it than most people might. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I really I, I really respect it and I really appreciate um, when when we have someone very special in our presence and uh, Philip uh, stay right where you are. But Philip Lawrence Sherrod, uh, everyone is our very special guest, soon to be the subject of a documentary. Either I'm getting older or more pretentious, but I, I really feel like we're doing something important here in, uh, in preserving the thoughts of, of a man. And, and, you know, we're not the first. I mean, there's a, there's a lot on him, but hopefully we're going to be the most thorough. And this is a man that... Uh, Frankie, that, Frankie. Yes, yes Have you ever seen that film uh, on Renoir in... When they had to, he was so old, I think, uh, about, I don't know, 73, that they had to strap his brush to his hand because he was so paralytic, and that's why he did the big women at the end. Wow. He was going back to woman as the procreator of himself. Uh, and then, as opposed to his early work, uh, I think is in the Washington, D.C. collection of the Corcoran, a museum where he paints the young woman as, and I think it's titled a uh, uh, large, and it's titled the hunter. Hmm. So true. what does the hunter mean? The hunter is the procurer of the trophy, which was and is man. That's interesting. And that's why there's envy and jealousy and petty bourgeois concerns. Today, it's all come out in the state of wrath, yeah. which I find to be just so narrow-sighted. Yeah, it's, it's, it's competition, and sometimes it's very petty comp competition. Yeah. Uh, stay right where you are. Keep your thought. Philip Lawrence Sherrod has been our very special guest. Binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down.